Um, Bhante Pasapero has been um, speaking a lot about um, Yoni Selman Sakara through the um, the like concurrent attention. Uh -huh. um, to me, it, it seems like there are a few ways that you can talk about it to kind of bridge into the subject, um, mm. peripheral awareness and being one. And mm. um, I know they point to the same thing, but they seem fairly different. Um, when I hear peripheral, it, 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 it turns yeah, into yeah, trying to yeah, include it. Yeah. Um, if you could speak more about the definition of yeah, well, concurrent. The, um, the Yoniso, Yoniso and the Savada, it's like, it's, it's the, the most important factor that, in a sense, that a Putujana can develop that. So it's not something like, uh, you don't need the right view in order to understand it. It's a prerequisite for the right view. So, um, so how can Putujana do that? What does he need to do that he's not doing, which would make him gain that factor? two factors for arising of the right view, Yonisama's gata and right instruction, actions of another, so correct, correct information. Um, now, <coughs> you could argue that, you know, there is the correct information, you know, you could find it, but it's still not, it still won't result in the right view, for as long as that, I would call it concurrent attention, or Yonisama um, Sikara is not developed. What is that thing that a Putujana could start doing that he's not doing that can aid and eventually result in Yamasana Sikar? Restrain his actions? Sorry? Restrain his actions? Yes, that would be the starting point. Then obviously look further for his intentions behind his actions and so on. But all of that supports. Um, supports Yonisuman, well, supports the development, but in and of itself will not necessarily result in development in Yonisuman Sakara. It's, it's really like concurrent attention, it's really more like, a, like an attitude, mm. a certain attitude. Certain attitude towards what? Your experience as a whole. Mm. Yeah, anything. Anything that's present. Exactly. Yeah. Anything. Any phenomenon. Physical, mental, emotional, doesn't matter. So your attitude towards any manifested phenomenon, and what, how would you describe that attitude, or what idea would you have in terms of what you think it is? So attitude towards any arisen dhamma, what kind of attitude towards any arisen dhamma is necessary as one of the factors for the right view? There isn't by itself. Yeah. So, seeing it, enduring their present, manifested to its own extent, so to speak. That's like what in philosophy was kind of referred to as, as phenomena and phenomenology, recognizing things as phenomena. Because, see, like when an untrained mind would have thoughts, say, about pleasant or unpleasant things, experiences, memories, future plans, they are not seen as phenomena. You know, they might not necessarily deny the existence of their thoughts, but they don't see them in the right place. So usually, 
he would be seen against uh, like a backdrop of a view that all thoughts are in my head. They exist secondary to, to this material world that's the real measure of existence. Same with one's feelings, for example, intentions are generally like, oh, there's just some movement of some energies and whatnot, but the real reality is, you know, the measurable world of science and so on, the palpable stuff that we can access through the senses, that's what's real, all of this is sort of secondary to it. Yet, here you are, having sleepless nights on account of your not real thoughts, that are, uh, they don't have the uh, material aspects to them, yet they're equally real. So it's the, the realization that whatever it's manifested, to whatever extent, on any, to whatever level, so to speak, is real as such, to that level. It exists on its own, regardless of you and your perception of the world. And that, I mean, I don't mean like it exists after me or before me, because that would be, again, that external perception of the world independent of me. No, a present, present enduring feelings, for example, a present enduring thoughts or a mood, it's real as such in its own domain. Because if it's not real as such, if it's not perceived, how do you know what mood you're in? How do you know what thoughts you have? You are perceiving it. It's just that obviously through non-restraint, pursuit of sensuality, development of all the wrong views towards on the on the basis on the basis of perverted order of sense organs and sense bases, sorry, sense objects and sense bases, you sort of uh, you, you dismiss this, you just see past it. You see past these these phenomena that are very real and actually kind of even more real than than the world you assume it's real. They're the closest to you. And that's that authenticity we often talk about. Mundane right view. It would lead to the mundane right view, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And um, so so that's that's really the attitude. And you realize, yeah, a person can develop it. So you need some instruction for it, obviously. Uh, you need sensation, and then you need to start just practicing seeing things on their own level to the extent that they are. Um, and that's that's what Buddha meant in the suttas when he says, whatever form <coughs> there is, past, future, present, big, small, far, near, subtle, coarse, whatever feeling, same, past, future, present, up, down, left, in any, any form, any shape, any extent, he knows to the extent that it is. And that, that means that it means like his view of recognizing things for the way they are risen is unshakable. It's established. So he cannot not see things as phenomena. But saying, oh, you only see is seeing things as phenomena, Joe, somebody who is familiar with phenomenology can know what that means, but most people are not familiar with it. Mm -hmm. So then they will just study phenomenology without Yonisumana Sikara without that authenticity, get a degree in phenomenology and existential philosophy and so on, and think they understood it. But it's not about, like, yes, as I said, there is a degree of information you need, but then you need to start doing it. Like, phenomenology, it's not a philosophy, it's an attitude. It's an attitude of kind of initially how, how the, 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 the person who founded it, well, that, that he's considered as a founder, Edmund Husserl, he said, he described it as stepping back. Mm. That's it. Putting putting the world in the brackets. Putting your experience in the brackets. In other words, you step from whatever it's currently absorbing you, you unabsorb yourself from it to gain perspective. And that, he didn't, I mean, he took it uh, in his own way. Like, he, he drew he drawn some accurate conclusions, but then kind of fell into views and started interpreting it again with these kind of external, secondary 
presupposed notions. But certain people recognize the value of, no, 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 whatever views you might have, actually put that aside and just constantly unabsorb yourself from whatever, wherever your attention is becoming absorbed. And that's exactly what Yonis Manaskara means. It means attending to whatever you're attending, but with the perspective of the source, of the womb, of the origin. You can't attend the origin, because that becomes the object of your attention. So that's what I was saying. The reason I know it's not scholastically accurate when I say concurrent attention, but I'm not a scholastic. Dhamma is not a scholastic thing. If you're studying Dhamma scholastically, you are not studying the Dhamma. Mm. I call it concurrent attention because it reveals that concurrent to what? Exactly. Concurrent to what? Well, concurrent to yourself being unabsorbed from whatever is trying to absorb you. And your attention will always going to be resting on something. But that does not mean that you always need to be absorbed, unaware of yourself in regard to whatever your attention is resting on. So the beginning of Yonisimarizikara is kind of the beginning of that phenomenology, the beginning of, of step, stepping back, unabsorbing yourself in order to simultaneously have a perspective endure there with whatever you're attending. So it will prevent you from uh, going too far down the rabbit hole of absorbed sense that wants to pull you and so on. That's why the Buddha exactly said that. There is no single thing that brings desire to increase, unreasoned desire to arise, and a reason desire to increase, such as ayonisomanasikara, attending to it without that source, not with a concurrent intention. And then there is not a single thing that brings the arisen desire to decrease and non-arisen to not arise, such as yonisomanasikara. Yes, now, why is that? So when one is attending from the origin, hmm. or when one is attending concurrently, yeah, let's go like this. Yeah, with the knowledge of the origin, with yeah. the knowledge of the womb. In other words, with the knowledge of the situation, simultaneously present with whatever you're attending as an object of that within that situation. Then why does unwisen sensual desire not arise and a wisen desire cease? Go on. Why? No, I'm going to the question. Somebody else can answer. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. So why is that? So when one is overlooking or not attending from the origin, there is a basically one direction mm -hmm. that way, basically lost. One is recollecting that origin. This doesn't mean that the other direction disappears. It's now concurrent attention. Why is that sensual desire that is in there not going to arise that way? And if it was there, it's going to diminish. Why? My thought is, if you kind of put yourself out in there with the things, you can almost just snowball with it and um, just with the involvement there's you get caught up in something that and that you don't necessarily have to be caught up in um, saying it out loud that now sounds mm -hmm. like a shaky response but well, it's not it's, it is like in broad strokes mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. it's, it does it does it does pull you in so to speak mm -hmm. um, Cool. I was gonna say with like with perspective of a of something pressuring you, mm. you realize it's pressuring you. So that whole pressuring aspect of it won't be seen if you tend to it ayoniso. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, when, you, when you are established in yoniso, yeah. the pressure will be felt as pressure versus ayoniso. By being you're by being established in yoniso, mm -hmm. you are already. Um, you already stepped, you're already, you, you break the pressure as well. It's another thing that's arisen, which you see yeah. as... So you might not know that, mm -hmm. you might not know, you might not see the implications of it, 
by, by practicing Yoniso Manasikara correctly, you are also stepping back, as, as I described, from the pressure, from the pressure yeah. which, which is basically why you are otherwise uh, pulled by the pressure. So when you don't have perspective in regard to the pressure, mm. one thing will pressure you to the next thing, to the next thing, because you're trying to outrun the pressure. You're always hooked, almost, yeah. all the way through. Because that mm. first step, like you, you step into it, so to speak. So you won't step into it, you won't step into it with Yonisumana Sikara. Even with the arisen pressure, will become depressurized because you cease to provide food for it, mm. the fuel for it. Um, and, uh, and that's exactly why. And so, as I said, you might not necessarily understand the implications of it immediately, but if you stick to it, and that's why Putujana, uh, an outsider, can free himself from sensuality. Yeah. Yeah. If he's authentic enough, he would eventually then see through and see the nature of sensuality as pressuring and unpleasant and a doubt and a boil and a debt and everything else that would have described it, and recognize all I need to do is uh, not maintain this uh, concurrent intention in regard to this perspective. That's it. All I need to do is not ignore, not not ignore the fact what has arisen right in front of me to the extent that it has arisen, mm. um, and then the sensuality would eventually completely lose the appeal. There is another question. Mm-hmm. Oh, before we go another story, and that's why uh, sensuality is inherent. It's unwholesome. It's not because of its sense objects. It's because it requires lack of perspective. It requires. Ayoniso. It requires entering upon that course of pressure mm-hmm. willingly through ignoring. That. And see, whenever ta- each time you ignore, means to that extent you don't see that thing as a phenomenon, whatever you ignored. To that extent, there is Ioniso. To that extent, you have not seen the thing arisen to the extent that it has arisen. And that's why ignorance is the most blameworthy root of all problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was actually going to ask something along those lines, like, um, so the desire for sensual pleasure or for sensuality mm-hmm. is concerned with particular things, so to speak, and their signs and features. Mm-hmm. But is it possible that when one is attending from the origin, which is to attend to the totality of this vision experience, that can, can, that, can that mode of attention can then at the same time dwell on signs and features of particular things? What do you mean by dwelling then? Well, like you can only well, like pick them up or grasp yeah, them. So, so if you're concerned with beautiful or ugly of particular phenomena, mm. like phenomena within phenomena, and because mm. that's how you get absorbed and mm. how you lose mm. that origin. Yeah. Um, so that is so to be drawn that way is to already not attend from the origin. Exactly. But when one is attending from the origin, that whole domain is still there, but but can you then pick up those signs and yeah. features and, and, and get lost in that direction while mm-hmm. currently attending? Yeah. No, so this is mutually so exclusive. Yeah, yeah this is what I wanted to get that. Yeah. Um, so so that's why when attending from the origin, the whole thing begins to cool down because you keep dwelling on the totality, so to speak, and not lose yourself within it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but losing yourself within it is the fuel for it. Yeah, but then the key thing is to not own that origin. And say, I uh, yeah, eventually, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you, you can't see if you try to sort of right away start not owning it and so on. You would be attending to that without perspective, without perspective, yeah. without the only so. Yes, it won't be concurrent attention. But if you're steady in it, and obviously sense restraint and a, a correct mode of behavior would be supporting mm. that practice 
of putting things in brackets or stepping back yeah. and allowing it to endure mm -hmm. from what you step back. Not fix, change, psychologize, modify, cover up. Um, then yes, you would be obviously discerning more and more. So then you can, you can learn how to now put these more refined aspects into brackets because they are real as such. Mm. That's why I keep saying whatever, you know, like even if it's like some ambiguous sense, feeling or something, oh, the degree of its ambiguity, it's real as such. It does not require clarification in terms of making it into something more palpable. You realize clarification is on the level of not ignoring even unclear things. Un mm. This phenomenon is unclear. It is real as such. Yeah, and that's quite clear. And, and by regarding things this way, Exactly, that's why it's the, the mundane right view developed like this, mm -hmm. it's like pretty much paired with sense restraint and everything else would have to result into the right view of practice, mm -hmm. because that's, that's what's lacking. Yeah. Like there, is, there is instruction, there are suttas, uh, there are people that practice restraint and keep the precepts and so on, but there are not many people that know how to see things to the extent that they have arisen. Yeah. There are not many people that know that they have to change their attitude and recognize things existing as phenomena, phenomena independent of their sense of their body and their mind. Mm. Both. Just their given first beforehand. And then you realize, oh, this is first. Whatever is manifested, to the extent it's manifested, is the experience as a whole, is the totality of experience. Any notion I have in regard to it, that's second. I am, uh, identity, everything else. Yeah. But you know, in order for that to be set into that right order, mm. yeah, that, that attitude of young Soma and Scala needs to be like, covered, needs to have been thoroughly developed. Yeah, so it needs to become on the basic mode of attending. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Outside of the, uh, the precepts, the restraint, would you say also, I think you said it in one of the talks, just question, questioning yourself, like, who am I, type of, like, questioning, mm -hmm. what is this, what's the, the meaning of this, automatically forces you to head that direction, so to speak, like, questioning... I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say automatically, okay. because um, it would force probably you, because all of the other things you know about it, mm -hmm. and what you should need, what, what you need to be looking for. So then it would probably result in that way. But if you just say to somebody, just question yourself, it, it would sooner or later become mechanical questions and or mystical. Like mm -hmm. Just put yourself in a question and whatever experience comes out of it. And then the first thing that happens that's out of the ordinary will be the answer, yeah. whatever it might be. Um, but yes, in principle, yes, the attitude of questioning is the attitude of mindfulness. That's how you develop satvitanas. That's mm -hmm. how you develop um, sati, mm -hmm. through, through constant questioning and recollection. What am I doing? What am I doing? What, like, why am I doing it? What's my like? All of these questions just to again shed light back onto the wider situation, so that you unabsorb yourself mm -hmm. from whatever you ended up. Because nature, the nature of the sense organs, and you might just to, to to fall into that focus. That means going with the grain. Mm -hmm. So focusing, being absorbed, that's just following the grain. Um, and, uh, and you want to basically go against that. So you can't just willingly unfocus, because that will become the object of your focus, new focus. Uh, but then you realize, oh, but while you're focused, you can learn to see that's the peripheral and that whole thing. In other words, unfocus to the extent of whatever you've been focused at without denying it. 
without trying to replace it. And that's what's meant by like a reference point inside of the Thanos of the practice. And the whole thing of concurrent is the while. Exactly, that's what I mean. Because if, 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 and that's why I'm stressing the concurrency of it, because if I'm just unfocusing from this without concurrently knowing that what I'm focusing is still there, I would just be replacing one focus, one thing I'm focused on with another thing I'm focused on. And you're still free along to be the exactly, direction. Exactly, same direction. Direction not changing, yeah. you're not going against the grain, you're just changing the object of your focus. Uh, but if you do it concurrently, you realize it's not about changing the object, it's about discerning that peripheral to the object. It's about learning how to put it in the brackets while it is there. To see it to its own extent. To see this phenomena independent of, as I said, the world, the space, the time in that sense, the, the, the body, the I am, any notions, any concepts. Oh, this is first, it induced that on its own to, to the way it is. That's it. And when you get used to that, that's, by the way, that's where the work starts. That's not where it ends. Okay, now, the way it is, I saw things the way they are. Okay, so what are you doing now? Are you practicing or you think you're enlightened? Mm -hmm. A thousand times more. <laughs> exactly. Now you do it, so to discern the properties of that phenomenon. That's what Dhamma, the Dhamma, is based on the word Dhamma, which means things. The nature of that. Means mm -hmm. things, means phenomena. Like the, the mental objects are Dhammas, mm -hmm. thoughts. That's it. That's what dhammas are. And you realize, yeah, everything is a phenomenon. Physical phenomenon, mental phenomenon, everything has that aspect of an image, of an enduring image, phenomenal image, so to speak, phenomenological image. Um, so understanding the characteristics of that, the nature of manifestation, the nature of anicca, dukkha, everything else in regard to it, its properties, oh, that's the way out, that's the dhamma. So Yonisamanisikara, I having dhammas available to be seen as dhammas, having discerned that, and the utterance of another, right instruction, pointing certain things among those dhammas that you see now, well yeah, you have the right view, because you have a basis for it, and you have the instruction as to what to see. difficult to regard the like negative um, as a real thing so to speak just that's it that's it yeah. see anything less present or or anything that that's uh, um, less in the center of your perception exactly the attitude is a so attitude towards that it's oh this is less real that's exactly what I mean learning how to see things to the extent they are real as such Less real than what? So you can actually question yourself in that regard. See, you recognize, oh, I regard this as less real. So you can't just will yourself, oh, I'll stop doing this. No, it's, it's a result of wrongly attending to things. But now that you spotted it, yeah, reflect on why is this less, why does this feel less real? Less real to what? But if it's less real, how can I talk about it in a re this real sense? What am I thinking about? All these thoughts are pretty real. Feelings are pretty real. So less real becomes real as such. See, that's the point. The attitude of less real is not something you need to change. You need to see that as a real phenomenon. 
and then you stop regarding things as less real. I, I think what I'm bumping into is maybe more along the lines of, you know, there's thought of the origin, but is that the origin that I need to be? Um, there is no origin. Or is there something I need to search for? Well, like, yeah. again, see, now right. that question implies that the origin is outside of you. So you're seeking this origin from where everything comes from. You want to see the origin mm -hmm. as an object, and that's impossible. Mm -hmm. So it's not the origin even if it were the origin, because right. you're attending to it wrongly. So there's no origin there. So it's not like I have to stop that thought. You need to see the real as such, and that's the origin. So origin is when you don't overshoot or undershoot. Origin is when you attend to it rightly in the middle, for what it is. Hence the middle line. That's where the origin is. You, you overshoot it, it's another object. Of your, of your focus, of your attention. You undershoot it, same. It's another object. So you find the origin not by, well, you attend with the origin, you learn how to attend concurrently, not before or after. So concurrent attention is what the Yonisumanisikara is for you at the time, even if you don't think that's what the Yonisumanisikara is. That's why it needs repetition and training, not just uh, an intellectual answer. I was going to say, practically speaking, you're probably going to have to do the, where you get sucked in and then you step back out. Yeah. You get sucked in, yeah, so that you need that pushing yeah. back. That's why the precepts and guiding of the sense doors and everything, mm -hmm. it's, it's just, it's, it's there like a, like a container, a, a gate that keeps you from like, when you're sucked going in from like going too far. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's never optional, the, the body isn't there. Exactly. Within a feeling. Those understandings, mm -hmm. those clarities would realize, oh, whether actually I tend to describe it or not, body is there. Mindfulness does itself almost. Yeah, yeah. And that's where you, with, with that kind of, uh, that's where you can become less involved, so to speak, with seeing things as phenomena and learning how to attend rightly. Mm -hmm. In other words, knowledge is taking over. So mindfulness is resulting in, in certain perceptions becoming set now. So even if, that's how Sotapanna can become careless and can proliferate his sensuality and so on. But he cannot not see things as phenomena fundamentally. That he cannot go beyond, uh, below anymore. That's why it's meant he can't take any sankara as permanent or as, as pleasurable. If he sees, when he discerns things, of, uh, when he doesn't ignore things on the level of an enduring phenomenon, a sankaras, dhammas, uh, will not, cannot be taken as self. It's just impossible. He cannot go past that, uh, below that threshold again. And so to understand and practice Yonisha Manasikara is necessary if a noble disciple is going to develop Satipatthana because those four Satipatthana almost substitute the whole principle of the origin, knowing exactly. the concurrent attention. Yeah. With this, this is. Yeah, so, so, yeah, exactly. So realizing that that origin is already there always anyway, you now realize body is always there, feeling there, mind that's there, it. and so the origin as well. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah and, and that's, that's how it applies to the origin, so, mm -hmm. so that's how it starts. Not having understood that, one can then turn to the Satipatthana, that's bound to be go wrong. Yeah, exactly, there's nothing to apply. Yeah. So the entire participant, yeah. the entire practice of Dhamma is within the principle of Kionisimanasikara. Yeah, that's the whole thing, yeah. yeah. Yet it's taught as carefully attending to something. Or yeah, yeah. yeah. But appropriately attending. Uh, wisely. I mean, none of that wisely is necessarily wrong, mm -hmm. etymologically. Just the context. But it's like, 
Well, but what does that mean? What does appropriately mean? What does wisely mean? Whatever feels right to a Putujana means it's right. I'm mm -hmm. making the effort. No, it, it, it's it's a, it's an absolute fundamental factor. The only way spell happens of another gives rise to the to the right view. Thus, if somebody who is practicing the Dhamma does not have the right view, mm -hmm. well, it's only because these two factors are lacking or one of them. Mm -hmm. Cannot be a third option. Mm -hmm. Cannot be. I have both yeah. factors, but I'm still not Sotapanna. Mm -hmm. Inconceivable. So the Sotapanna can say this is why it's supposed to. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But we're talking about how to yeah. translate it, and then you realize, well, whichever way you translate it, uh, you will have to qualify it because it's it's not and it's not it, it's not on the level of an answer to what it is. It's on the level of something that needs to be done and repeated, and attitude needs to be reshaped towards your own experience, towards phenomena. So for that, you're going to need a lot more description than just mm -hmm. finding a perfect etymological match or something. But if you say to a sotapanna, attend appropriately or attend wisely, exactly, exactly. He knows what that means. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because the main problem, I, when, when people were referring to it with like as wise attention and so on, the main problem I kind of detected was it was it was coming it was becoming something that that uh, anybody can do on the level of psychologization. Yeah. So I just need to wisely go through the motions of telling myself, oh, this is bad, this is good, and I do this, and I do that. Remind myself and go through little recitations and so on. And that's my Yoni Sikara practice. So it's like, no, no, no. It's a single factor whereby right attitude makes sensuality disappear. Wrongly attending to it makes it increase. Whether you talk about it or not, whether you have secondary thoughts and plans and scenarios to scare you or whatever just to put you off, Oh, that's all way too far down the line proliferate. That's yeah. way on the level of sense objects. So, in other words, you don't want to manage it, you want to approach it. Yeah. Attention is basically gives rise to all things, how the other Sutta says. Yeah. The boom of it, there is no deeper than that. So just to connect this with the side of the mind, seems like they're very closely intertwined. Yeah. Um, so, Putujana developing Yonisamanasikara on the basis of sense restraint, mm -hmm. guarding of the sense door, seclusion. Mm -hmm. As I said, seeing anything that manifests, doesn't matter. Direct, uh, if it's right in front of you, or at the back of your mind, if it's subtle, or coarse, big, or small, ambiguous, or clear, personal or impersonal, you see it arisen as such. And uh, that's exactly how you then get to spot the mind. Because mind is a phenomenon, it's a background of your mind, basically, yeah. it's what the mind is. The background of your currently, whatever absorbed experience you are, that ambiguous, kind of wide, non-specific sense, where your I am lingers, so to speak, that's the mind. But it's not about <coughs> investigating it, uh, 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 defining it, it's about seeing it as such. So the signs of the mind, not the signs that I put in the mind. Mm. And that's that's exactly going to be the result of that. Which is why a sign of the mind needs to be seen before the right view. As I said, Yorisuma Sigara is developing the right attitude, the correct attitude towards any phenomenon. Mm. So once if you don't see the phenomenon of the mind or mind as phenomenon, as an enduring thing there in the background, how can you develop your attitude towards it? How can you train it? Impossible. Mm -hmm. So that's why uh, it's necessary. Sign of the mind is necessary. What would I say? No. That somebody can become uh, accomplished in the right view having not grasped the signs of the mind, exactly. such thing is not possible. Yeah. Yeah. 
Alan signing the mind only if he was itself in seclusion. seclusion. In seclusion, yeah. 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 What well, he does not delay yeah. as he goes to it. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And you could describe like the, the sign of the mind as a uh, point of view, like practically on a day-to-day -day basis. There is a sense of the direction of your view, the mm -hmm. point of from where you're attending. You just never, again, it's less real. It feels like it's less real than everything else that you are attending. That's why one is attending lustful things, one is attending yeah. aversive things. And then if, even if one stops attending that, sure, you step back to a degree, but then if you don't go into seclusion, that point of view will still feel like less real. Mm. Less palpable thus means less real. Even if you don't say, I don't think it means less real for me, you imply that it's less real by being unclear about its extent of its phenomenology. Mm. So whenever people have a conversation with the Buddha in the suttas and they attain stream entry right mm. there and then, um, does that sort of just imply that before meeting him, they were already exactly said exactly. to some degree? Yeah. Okay. I mean, the, the Buddha, the Buddha would have yeah. otherwise, when he said the two factors for the stream entry, Yonis mm -hmm. uh, and utterance of another, um, if those were not the only factors, he would have said, oh, there is Yonis and utterance of another. Well, and also another factor for, for the right view is just being lucky to talk to me. Yeah. No. He didn't say that. So whether you talk to the Buddha, whether he's the one giving the right instruction, sure, he'll be the most accurate. He'll know exactly what you need to hear. But if you haven't met him halfway, in other words, if you have, if you don't have Yonison and Sikara, he can be talking all he wants. You want to understand, as it happened with people, like he was actually instructing them for the right view, and they didn't get it because they haven't. They were not authentic. They were not authentic because they were not restrained. They were not restrained because they were behaving unwholesomely and not keeping the precepts and it's covering it up. Yeah, mind's angry by hindrances that then prevents the right view from exactly. dawning, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Talking about the, the like existentialists and the phenomenologists, um, what is the distinction between a Petrujna whose authenticity drives him crazy, like Nietzsche, for example, mm. and the one who, you know, becomes, you know, starts dwelling in the jhanas, you know, he's a... Go on, anybody? It's a very direct answer. Their actions. No, go on. Their actions. Actions, yeah. Precepts. Virtue of morality. That would make them great, because it's so contradictory to their own... Yeah, yeah. Any reference, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's just... So the mind will be overwhelmed by that authentic anxiety if the actions are not purified. If the actions are purified, mind can take it. So you can sort of develop a degree of authenticity without yeah, of course, restraint? Yeah. Some people obviously are, uh, you know, uh, their faculties are sharper, minds quicker, they can see through stuff like that. Mm. Okay. Okay. It's like the different types of persons that when you're talking about in the circles. Some can just practice with very little instruction. Some can need a bit more. Some doesn't matter. We have everything right, but still won't go in that direction. It's just hopeless. Yeah. So the fact that somebody already can recognize the value of the Dharma as a situation to practice means that we're far from hopeless. Mm. Uh, but then, yeah, how much of that um, suffering and anxiety and withdrawal we have to endure? Well, that depends on 
uh, how much of your actions need to be purified. And what purification means restraint and then allowing the pressure to endure without acting out of it. Taking responsibility for it, seeing it present and functioning, not covering it up with the duty of tradition and virtue and seniority and authority and scripts. That's the right tapas that would inspire. The actual burning away of illnesses, not through magical behavior and perfect form and etiquette. You can repress pressure and yes. make exactly. it. You can exactly. seem very restrained, but it's not. Yeah, that's why I said right. that presets and so on will not automatically result in yoni mm-hmm. sumanasikara. In authenticity and knowing how to attend things right there. I think we talked about this too, Apante Hasidim. Um, there isn't anything that really happens when you do attend from the origin. Like, there's no change mm. in front. Exactly. Like, there's n- there's nothing perceptible to change it, really. Yeah. Nothing probable on the level of you. Nothing you. Yeah. 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 And that's why people won't necessarily recognize the value of it. Exactly. There are no yeah. players and Just to feel as, like, oh, a place to go. No. Mm. Mm. no, there is no novelty to it. Mm. And I was saying that before, I gave that similar fact of, uh, waiting for a bus, but there's no 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 mark bus stop, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like unless you know where you should just yeah. kind of keep yourself kind of okay. I'll stay within this range. Yeah, you you won't know. There's mm-hmm. nothing else telling you, pointing you. So yeah. you do need to learn and then keep doing it. And that's why, as I said many times, right view cannot be obtained by accident or magically, because who will by accident stay practice uh, that which has no immediate palpable. Mm-hmm verification and confirmation. Yeah. Yeah, this is why also this Ronsita says that it's independence of faith that yeah, exactly. so many Exactly. exactly. Oh, because you will not have immediate results. Oh sorry, what it says that so based on faith. You only so many Yes. Oh wow. Well there you go. I don't need to talk about it. Yes and yeah good to me can book of the tense. But you understand the the exactly that yeah, no, that's exactly it. Yeah. You need to have a degree of faith to stay on that level. Yeah. Because everything else is going to make you nominal. Make it popular. Yeah, get the sensations. Get the overwhelming experience of meditation. Get the inspirational. Get something that you can squeeze, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Something that you can see, perceive, in that direct sense. Yeah. Uh, so, unless you have faith, to ignore that pull, to not give in to that everything's pointing back, you know, it just feels so real, mm. and staying with this that doesn't feel quite real, repeatedly endure the pain on account of it, mm-hmm. most people would probably have to today, it's like, yeah, without faith you won't do it, which yeah. means without faith you won't get yeah. the right view. So it's difficult to recognize, because in a sense, there's no north to do it, but even then, when discussing with someone, you might actually recognize it, but then they don't have the face to stay with it, so it's still going exactly. nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To the face, yeah. yeah. And as I said, like, it's like, you know, you need to repeat it so many times as well. Yeah. Cultivate, Bauman, mm-hmm. you need to cultivate the attitude so it grows and spreads and becomes more fun. So that's why it's like not on the level of answers and, and kind of satisfactory, pleasing, figuring out of the ideas. That's 
that can contribute if you mm. figure out the right ideas, but you mustn't ignore the fact, okay, but now I actually have to start doing this. Mm. Yeah. Or currently attending to whatever's, whatever's presently have taken <coughs> the focus already. Yeah. And then not finding specific objects so yeah. to yeah. be attended or focused on. Yeah, less real. I think that, that really sums it up for most people. Mm. I think that's exactly the main, the, the core of the Cartesianist problem and lack of honesty on the Sakara. They don't recognize that things that are less real are real as such. Mm -hmm. So they keep maintaining the threshold, the measure of what feels real for them, what yeah. feels really real. They, they measure things against that. Yeah. Failing to understand mm -hmm. that, well, something less real is still real as such. Given this, uh, how you put it, that this, you find it difficult. Mm. It kind of indicates that it's real. It's a yeah, real. exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. How could you talk about it? Mm. It would mm. not be manifest. It's an image that's not real. real. Mm -hmm. So it's re re repeated recognition of that. If less real things are real as such. No. Not real as much, mm. but real mm. as such. As such. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <coughs> but the standard you use for determining what is real. Uh, yeah. I guess that, that that is why essential strength helps to make that standard, to, to develop that standard. To yeah. More yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the aggregate of virtue. Yeah. It includes more things. Yeah. You see yeah. also the direction, like, okay, if this is difficult, so something which is easy is real, which means that what it calls you. Yeah, yeah. it's real. Yeah. 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 And that's exactly why if right view is developed, you would overcome doubt. Because the core, the, 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 the source of power that doubt has is exactly that. Seeking what's real and palpable as the answer and refusing to accept the lack of clarity, the ambiguity. It pressures you and you automatically have to get rid of that pressure. Because, see, less real means, well, less mine, less in my control. Uh, less confirming me. Exactly. It's yeah. mm. So, Atavada, <laughs> doubt, go hand in hand mm. on that level, yeah. that extent. And withdrawal from the putting the world and the sense of duty to avoid the pressure of real or less real and doubt, Silabata Parimas, the first three pages. You can see why they would come. You, you can make sense even now mm. when I'm discovering why exactly they would be the first three factors to come off with development of the honest and discovering the right construction. Yeah. 